everyone, it's Audio Nerd 64. And I'm Big Nakuma. And we are your Game Friends. See, I let that happen. And I'm Thank not you. I'm not gonna you're welcome. Thank you. You're so I have fans, so oh they have to they have to be appeased. Oh my god. He has fans. Logging on PlayStation 5. Sony Caves on Crossplay. Blizzard is getting involved in the Hong Kong protests. Destiny 2, Shadowkeep launches, Woo! as well as FIFA 20, Apex Legends Season 3, Ghost Recon, a lot of launches. Mm. Rocket League, new loot boxes, and updates on Marvel's Avengers. These past two weeks in Nerdom, our boy is back. Tom Holland saved Spider-Man. Bless him. Yes, incredible. Um, we also have some more Spider-Man related news as a result. There's a new Feige project. There's some Ghost Rider news. Daredevil news, potentially. Mm. Jurassic World 3, close to my heart. And finally, some positive DC news. Birds of Prey had a good trailer and The Joker has been released. It has been released. People have been going wild. And in the party chat, we have an interview with the one, the only, Abfas, composer for the new indie game, Neocab. It's not Abscuff. It's not Abscuff. No. Uh, it's Abfus. Get it right. Get it tight. Get right. That is fair use. We should log on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First up, y'all need to join our Discord. <gasps> Oh, we always had a Discord, but now Big Nick made it look better because I didn't have time to do it. I didn't. I'm so sorry. It was more or less just for guests. Right. Yeah, we just were using it for recording interviews and we had some people in there. We're like, we could, you know, we have like the group chat. It'd be nice to just talk about games with everybody. Yep. You know, we got, there's channels. There's lots of channels. Lots of channels. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I didn't used to use Discord, and now I'm super into it. Um, I don't even have notifications. I just check it, and then wow. I can see everything. It's it's dope. It's nice. It's cute. I like it. Um, I'm going to try to be more active on it. I think it's like a good middle ground for me not being on Twitter all the time, mm-hmm. like lurking, because I just, I just lurk on Twitter. I don't yeah. contribute anything, because I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know who runs a Twitter. I uh, would love to see you in there. There's a link on Twitter. It might have expired. We'll post another one. There's a permanent one in the show notes. Oh. oh, oh, oh. So uh, go ahead and join. We'll see you in there. Oh, also, as you guess we should say, it's the home of Bones of Feet as well. The clan. Oh, that's right. The clan. The, the clan. clan has moved into the Discord. That's it's cross-promotion. It is cross-promotion. Are we going to get t-shirts made? We should. It literally does say, Welcome to the Gamer Friends and Bones of Feet Discord server. Well, it's it's a it's a co-owned server. It's uh, a co-effort. Co-effort. Our gaming clan, which plays a lot of Destiny. If y'all play Forza, please, I need more Forza friends. There's a racing channel. There is a racing channel just the for that. The discussion is very sad. Dirt 2. Oh my, there's only three of us. <laughs> All right. But yeah, join the Discord. Um... In real news, PlayStation 5 has been confirmed. There's no fancy name. It's just PlayStation 5. (laughs) Just like, take it, motherfuckers. We're tired. Holidays 2020. And they're redoing the controller. 
Um, we Wait, don't know what well, it looks hold, like. Hold up, hold up, hold up. The the controller that they've sued people over. They have sued niggas over the dual shot. They are updating it. Maybe oh. redoing it is a strong word. Okay. Um, they're all about haptic feedback. Ooh, love the haptics. Love uh, the haptic. I learned what that was from Apple. It's fake. It's like fake vibrations, right? It it's like um. So when you're wearing the Apple Watch and you have driving directions on when you're in the car, yeah, there will be little vibrations to the left or to the right to um, indicate what direction you should be turning and to notify you that your turn is coming up. Got it. So it's stuff like that. So Oh, I was thinking of like like the home button doesn't really click anymore. It's like a haptic yeah, thing. But that's also haptic feedback. There's there's layers, there's different types. I hope that we're completely wrong in driving someone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, regardless, oh no. the example that was given was it will make shooting a bow and arrow feel more like actually shooting a bow and arrow. Wow, well, I guess you're going to have to play Destiny on PlayStation now, huh? No. But um, when there's crossplay, <laughs> maybe. Uh huh. Uh, that's the other piece of news. That's Sony right. caved and, and said, go right, ahead and do crossplay for whatever game you know you want to do it on. Whatever you and your little friends want to play, not on PlayStation, fine. <laughs> We're like, we lost this battle. <laughs> and y'all did. That's why you're releasing PlayStation yeah. 5 so early. Anyway. So early, it's the same window as Xbox. It's oh, just really? setting up console war. Wait, wait. I thought Scorpion, Scorpio... X5, whatever the fuck it's called. It was X, yeah. Oh, whatever the hell, the next X, but that's how much I care about these Scarlet. things. Scarlet. Scarlet! <laughs> Scarlet. I thought that was coming out next holiday season. Uh-huh. And the PlayStation 5 is happening this holiday season. No. No. Holidays 2020. It, oh my God, yeah. That's how years work. Holy shit. <sighs> I hope this makes it in mm. and then he doesn't cut it out. <laughs> I want to cut it out so bad, but it's, I I'm, I would understand if you cut it. It's a tr- really it's a raw that. moment. I'll leave it in. It's <laughs> a uh, so window into my world. Di- that's disgusting. Oh man, <laughs> fuck! All right, damn it. The announcement was all about the controller. Yes. Um, they really <laughs> want you to love this controller. Uh, someone has seen it. I don't remember what journalist it was. They said it basically looks like the controller they have now. <laughs> Real innovation hours. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, once you stumble up on something that's adequate enough, I guess you can. I mean, for people know, to steal from there. it, like they niggas was stealing a dual shot. They were just like that technology. I respect. Mm-hmm. However, the layout of the PlayStation controllers makes them unusable. <laughs> I had to buy a one hundred dollar <laughs> PlayStation controller to make it look like an Xbox. You controller. didn't have to buy a. B, my only gripe with the PlayStation controller is that it's too small. The PlayStation controller is trash. Sorry. Wow. Gamer Wars, console wars. It's not a console war thing. Okay. It's a controller war. Yeah. Objectively, the Sony Mm -hmm. controller is bad. We should. The Nintendo Switch controllers are not good either. We should have an episode just about controllers. Why? I think they're so interesting. Look, I just want to do an episode about controllers so that way I can, like, Pitch it to 99% invisible and then <laughs> and then have a piece uh you know be on 99% invisible and I get to talk with Roman Mars. That's all. That's okay. all. I think it's perfect. I want to do it. Anyway. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um in some heavier news, there have been some protests going on in Hong Kong. 
Yes. If you are not aware, you should check some non-American news sources. That's, yeah. Um, and figure out what's going on. Essentially, if you really strawman this, there are folks in Hong Kong who are very upset about the impending transfer of Hong Kong over to mainland China. Right now, there is, even though Hong Kong is part of China, there's like a geopolitical situation there where they're not 100% overseen by China. Right. It has become a very intense ideological fight. I would say the American media is not framing it that way. Um, they're framing it more like, oh, this is a freedom struggle and because China's bad. So it must be nice to phrase things as a freedom struggle when it's not your own country. <laughs> yeah, because the cops are literally killing people who star witness and murder trials, but no, 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 real- no, 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 no. He it was a drug deal gone bad. Remember, they drove <laughs> 52 hours just to get there. <laughs> and then left the weed. So I just <sighs> There's a lot of problems out in the world, and I understand that. I just wish that the media would hold our own government accountable to what we're doing in comparison to the way that they go after other people for infractions. All that to say, the situation in Hong Kong has become one where China and Chinese-affiliated corporations and industries even are taking a hard-line stance Mm-hmm. And because Blizzard is partially owned by a Chinese company, they have suspended for one year and taken prize money away from a Hong Kong-based Hearthstone pro gamer who on a post-victory stream, I believe, uh, essentially said that folks should support the Hong Kong protesters and... Um, was wearing a mask, which is something that has been outlawed in Hong Kong because of the protests. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. So people are taking sides in this. There are pro-Blizzard people, but I would say, especially in the United States, the vast majority of people are anti-Blizzard right now in terms of um, what they're doing Mm -hmm. and have launched a boycott of Blizzard which apparently is impacting World of Warcraft Classic and a few other franchises. Wow, that's... I Actually, I didn't realize that the boycotts were actually um, impacting anything that they were doing over there. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's become a huge thing. A very high-profile person who's been a big Blizzard supporter... Um, came out and and said that they canceled their World of Warcraft account. The tweet kind of went semi-viral. It's like a big deal. Yeah. Um, Suffice to say, uh, go educate yourself on what's going on. Um, Again, try to get some non-biased sources in there. And uh, that's the news. I'm not going to editorialize this one. Yeah, it's a little bit too serious for us. And I know I'm not like well-versed enough to really say anything about it. So, well, one thing I know you have, I'm sure, a lot of thoughts about. Mm. Destiny 2. Oh. Shadow Keep. It launched. Them servers were struggling. They were struggling. Poor launch. Oof. 
In fact, it's rough. Because of our interview, we're not going to talk in the home screen again until the next episode. Um, I will let you know now that we're going to record a whole episode about some of the recent launches and a little roundtable discussion with a few gamer friends. It's going to be great. Um, That said, the servers were so fucked (laughs) when people started getting home on Tuesday, last Tuesday, that... They literally shut them down. Bungie was like, okay, we got to do emergency maintenance. And they were down for mm, at least two hours, maybe three hours. And we got a lot of Apex Season 3 done. We (laughs) We played the shit out of that map (laughs) until the servers came back up. Yes. Uh, And then I stayed up way too late and was way too tired at work the next day. Um, Yeah, other than the really, really rocky technical launch... Um, I would say that this is the most well-executed expansion in the franchise's history. And if this is what they're going to be doing moving forward, then I am moving them from I have faith in you and I hope that this is going to go well into these decisions and this model is very likely going to change the genre, and the industry. Why you keep saying that? I think it's going to be true. I think people are going to look at this transition and they're going to they're gonna say that something special started happening with this expansion launch. Wow. That's how I feel. Well, we'll just leave it there because I think, you know, that's a nice, it's a nice primer for this super special episode where we're just going to be talking about this shit, yeah. I guess. Um, we did... Also play Apex. It we did launched. also play Apex. It launched season three, crypto. Quick thoughts. What are yours? Um, he is made for me. Yes, because Big Nick doesn't like combat. <laughs> Big Nick likes to shoot people from a mile away. Uh, my favorite guns in the game are all sniper rifles. There's a new sniper rifle called a charge rifle, and OP. it is my new favorite gun. Very it OP. It is OP, but it's also just really fun. They're going to nerf good. the fuck out of that. They're going to maybe nerf it a little bit. Okay. So crypto paired with a sniper rifle is just game over, and uh, that's definitely my play style. Um, crypto himself uses a drone, mm-hmm. and he basically, from a mile away, can go and surveil the battlefield and launch an EMP uh, to fuck with people's shields and stuff like that. So again, really just suits my I'm going to stay back kind of support. Yeah, it's almost like He's not there hmm. when he plays. It's uh, it's something else. It Meanwhile, really on our Instagram, is. the first win of the season, uh, I have the most kills and the most damage. So I don't know. Okay, I mean, Whatever. you know, Whatever. it's an outlier. Should you, should, not be you should go look counted among the, and see the how set. he did, maybe. <sighs> Shady. Hmm. Hmm. It's great, though. Season three is great. Season three is great. <laughs> the new map, do you have thoughts about that? Uh, it's... Amazing. Um, it's way more fun than the first one. I got to admit, I kind of just like want to stay on this one for forever. It's a very vertical map. I love it. A lot of lot of nooks and crannies, buildings. There's multiple cities Hills. in the map. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. It's fun. There's barely one city in the original map. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Skulltown is like three big buildings and some huts. You know what it kind of <laughs> reminds me of? It's very much like anime to me 
Yeah. Like, it's a little dramatic. It's like a full... Like, I, it, it kind of reminds me... Like, the city kind of reminds me of, like, My Hero Academia. It's they have, bright, like, their... and there's a lot of space in the city spaces. I think it's really a masterclass in level design. Um, if you notice, every area that you enter into, there's either going up or going down. Like, they play with the height values on the map all the time. And that's so that no one has a clear advantage in a fight. Like, you can enter a fight, and if you can outgun them, you're going to win that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few positional things in this map that are a little different that you have to get used to. But for the most part, the positioning stuff um, is just done so well. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm really enjoying learning it. Um, and I will master it hmm. by the end of the season. Well, you have plenty of time. It doesn't end until February 2nd. <laughs> yes, we had a debate about whose season was going on longer, Apex or Destiny's. Because I bought both season passes to incentivize be playing because you know, like the especially for Apex the things that you win for leveling up and you don't have the season pass they suck it's just like banners yeah. there's a fuck about that I want guns I want skins I want shit to be like oh this guy's good <laughs> you know oh we know what's not good in the gaming world right now breakpoint yeah no that launch uh mm. not looking no great. it's not one of the reviews I saw said, go buy Wildlands. Yikes. <laughs> yikes. On Apparently, bikes. the performances are fine, um, but the dialogue is all awful. The Oh, no. They, they didn't do that to John Burtonthal. They, they gave him sure a bad did. role. Oh, no. There's John. bugs all over the place. <laughs> it shouldn't have been released yet. Eee. Like, they're, like, I heard some fall. <gasps> no, we have to bleep that. Yeah. Oh no. I actually I just realized also if we ever have like a new listener, they're gonna be like, why'd they bleep that? I'm gonna just have a bleep list <laughs> on the website. I'm gonna make a new page for it. Um uh, just so y'all you know, for a reference. It just doesn't look uh like it's going well. And I feel bad about that because the concept seems a lot of fun. And little wing commercials are great. <laughs> He's like, I ain't making any money off this tour that I quit with Blink-182, so I need something. Yeah. Let's get some <laughs> those recon commercials in. Usually we say, you know, okay, if you like it, then we love it. Go enjoy it. But I really hope that no one paid any money for this. Sorry. Damn. Oh, I, I can't say shit. I didn't look at the game. I have not played it. I don't plan on playing it. Uh, which is a shame. I do love a good John Burtonthal hmm. performance. Well, all those adjectives uh, for you paying attention to this game also mm-hmm, apply mm-hmm. to FIFA 20, which launched. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know. Yep, isn't it? These it's it's wild. We need to get we need to get just a sports day because, like, I feel like it's sports the games most, they make so much money. Yeah, they're like the most played games, and we don't talk about them. I'm pretty sure that it is EA's most popular <laughs> franchise, and that it's like. Are you sure one it's not? The- in- Hmm. Now you have to believe two things. And now uh, it like makes them the most money or something. It's, wow. it's wild. Good for them. But we don't know anyone who plays it and we don't play it. <laughs> if you like soccer, you don't really have any other options. So I hope that you're <laughs> That's so true. picking like up you FIFA. You have to play this game. <laughs> hope you enjoy it. Damn. Lots of people do, apparently. Oh, good for y'all. I'm so happy for y'all. 
But what we do like is Rocket League's new loot boxes. Mm, they're not really loot boxes. Because that's illegal. Yeah. Or whatever. In response to pending legislation, which does look to be outlawing the practice <laughs> of this, uh, coming soon to most countries. Uh, Near you. Yeah. Rocket League is getting ahead of the game, and they're essentially giving you a list of stuff that you can buy, and you can buy it directly, but it's going to be pretty expensive, and you can't really earn any of it by playing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fucked up. I like... Uh, mm. I kind of like the idea of having a loot box instead, because at least there's the chance. But that's, like, the problem with gambling. So, Yeah, I mean, the, the goal <laughs> is that you are doing a direct purchase, so you know exactly what you're getting. Right. So removing the gambling from it. But they need to make up for the fact that people are probably going to spend less money overall since right. they're getting what they want. Right. By making things more expensive. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but, like, Rocket League is not the game for me to be spending a lot of money on cosmetics. I feel like that's one of the only games that I've ever cared. I've done, like, like the Batman one, or, like, I wanted to get the McLaren one when that came out. And I'm not an avid Rocket League player these days. Um, so, you know, that'd be, like, a game be like, oh, you know what? I just have an itch for Rocket League, and I'll just be in a stock car, and I'm giving a fuck. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if they were, like, not wildly expensive sure it was like oh here's a pack for like that's what they really need to do they just need to be like here's a pack you get all these things and it has like one thing that you care about and like everything else is just there to inflate the price hmm that would be frustrating <laughs> you just be like please buy the things um I'm just glad more people are doing direct buy models about play to get it like work for it fuck mm. But then they don't earn any money. That's right. Rocket League is free to play, right? Yep. Damn. Conundrum. Wait, is it? Ah! It didn't used to be. Hold on. It's definitely now on Game Pass. And every time a new game that I purchase gets on Game Pass, I get very, almost irrationally angry about it. But like for two seconds, I'm like, motherfucker. And then I go on with my life. Rocket League is not free to play. Oh, so they're making money already. Well, it's not expensive. It's like 20 bucks, right? Yeah, it was 30, I think. 30? Wow. Yeah, it was 30. $30? Wait, so how much are these these cosmetics costing? Well, we don't know exactly what the new stuff is going to cost. They just announced the changes. Oh, they were just like, it's going to happen, and y'all... The assumption is that they're going to be more expensive, because how could they not be? Fair. Because we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um. Finally. Fine. I'm actually, like, a little upset about this news. What? Why? Because I would have liked it to be a surprise. Mm, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, it's been announced that Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, first Muslim superhero, or I guess like mainstream Marvel superhero, uh, is going to be the one to reunite the Avengers and leading, potentially, the story in Marvel's Avengers. And I think that's really dope. And I think that would have been a really dope surprise. I get it. But people were not fucking with this game. They're like, ah, it's not the movie actor. Ah, it doesn't look good. So I like, I get it. Sure, whatever. But I think that would have been like a really cool like, oh shit moment. I think they've always intended to drip feed. Like, I bet we're going to get at least three or four more. I know. I just, I hate that. I, ugh. Maybe two or three. I mean, I say this about the movies too. I just like want, and I'm, I'm never like, I never like go to the movies and I'm never not surprised. But like, it would be nice if I was like more surprised. You know? I hear where you're coming from. Like, I think the 
the gameplay trailer that we got with the five of them running around, four of them, however many, running around, smashing shit. I was like ready to buy the game from there. I'm definitely more interested now. The gameplay looks amazing. Um, I didn't see the gameplay of her. I saw very little bit. And I'm trying to, you know, not spoil myself at this point because, you know, you're right. They are kind of giving a lot away. But at the same time, I don't, I don't know. Her Knowing that she's in it is fine for me. I didn't read that much into exactly what she'd be doing and all that kind of stuff. I didn't watch any gameplay of it. It looks good, I gotta say. Because her powers, you're like, oh, this is kind of like... I wasn't sure how her powers were going to translate to any meet. Like, even film, I'm kind of like, huh, what are they going to do? That's true. It looks good in the game, from what I saw. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, Okay. These past two weeks in Nerdum, let's just continue this Marvel train. Yes, as we always do. Spider-Man is back in the MCU, as I knew he would be. Mm Mm-hmm. You ro- you can roll the tape. You can find it if you want to. You can spend some time. Oh, looking oh, back. I don't. I just remember you being like actually like really upset that this was not like you were you it like ruined your day. I was legitimately upset, but at the end of the day, I had faith that it would come back. Capitalism would win. It wasn't about capitalism. Look, it was about all I'm saying Stanley's is legacy. If Sony put out a Spider-Man movie, I don't think people was gonna go see it. Like. They yeah, I don't know if can't I be trusted. It. I don't know if I would have done it. The animated team, sure. Venoms? What? No. no. I'm so sorry. And no. this is right after they announced that they're doing a fucking Madam Web film. I don't uh, understand who? that. This- Madam Web is like the Oracle of the Spider-Man universe, kind of. She's canonically an old blind woman who is like surgically attached to a spider web chair that's kind of keeping her alive. She's a clairvoyant mutant. She's not like a spider person. That's right. Um, I said mainly who to be funny and for the listeners, but this honestly was the first time I had to look <laughs> something up. I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is she? I have don't know her. I don't know how they are going to do a whole movie about her. I don't. Does, does she have a solo book? Is she the I I I've did this is what I'm confusion. Um I I don't know. But that team is not gonna be fully in charge of Spider-Man in the MCU, so I'm fine. (laughs) Whatever they wanna do, they can do. You think Kevin Feige ever looks at the news like, what the fuck? All the time. (laughs) All the time. So they gave us a release date. They were like, not only is he coming back, but we know when we're releasing the movie. <laughs> Yay! AKA, I really thought for a few minutes that possibly it was all a publicity stunt. But like, why would you even need the publicity? No, that movie sells itself. Sony just was feeding for some cash. And no, like, I don't the, blame them. It's clear that there was something real, but... Oh, yes. So July 16, 2021 is the date that they released. And after the news came out that he was back in, it came out that Tom Holland himself was pretty influential in this whole thing. Someone said that that's what him and... I was about to say Tony Stark. Goddamn. <laughs> what him and Robert Downey Jr. were talking about when Robert Downey Jr. put that phone in his shoe to take a selfie of them. And I was like, could you imagine? Yeah, and he said we just did like, Mr. Stark. Like, I, <laughs> I bet they've known since then that, that it was back. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, maybe. 
Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they've known for much longer than, than us. Than us plebes. Whatever. It, it was never going to happen that he was permanently gone. I am a little dismayed to hear that the attitude moving forward is let's give him a complete story every time he's in it. Like, every time we get to use him, that could be the final time. And so let's act like it. Mm. Um, well, I mean, at least we get our three-movie arc. Yeah. That, I mean, once, like, all this shit hit the fan, I was like, damn, let me at least just get that. He gets one more movie and one more appearance in a Marvel movie, so I'm sure they're going to save him for Young Avengers. Yeah. Which I'm still convinced is happening. Okay. I don't know. Mm. I feel good about that. All right. I mean, you feel good about that. feel good about that. Um... I am not feeling good about Ghost Rider. Why? Because they scrapped it. It would be a non-canon. Oh, I thought it was to be canon. (laughs) The Runaways and the other one that I don't even remember, Cloak and Dagger, they're not. (laughs) I thought they were. They're not MCU. If they were MCU, they would be in the presentation. The only MCU official stuff is happening on Disney+. Plus. I I didn't know. I thought it was canon. No. Oh. And I'm pretty sure they stripped the Netflix stuff from being canon. Too. They did, which made that Marvel event that I went to very awkward. Uh, it was two of them. And I was like, uh, why? What is going on? Yeah. It's very weird. Anyway. Well, fine. Take away my ghostwriter. I was ready for it. I was ready for some revival of dark. Marvel properties, they all got taken away from us. Prematurely. They're still going to do it. The The rumor is it got canceled because they're bringing him to the big screen. Oh. That's really? That's the rumor. That's the rumor. Are they going to, like, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because they already introduced him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, maybe they'll use the same actor. Maybe he'll come back in Blade. I don't know. Ooh, interesting. I don't know. Who knows? We don't. Daredevil also might get revived. Ooh. It would still not be canon, I don't think. But this sucks. I hate this. <laughs> like, I don't. Charlie Cox is really good as Daredevil, and if they ever use the character, they should cast him. But like, I don't know. I just, if all the Marvel properties are not in the same universe, even after the acquisition, what is the point? Like, do the same dumb. I'm Daredevil, but no, I'm not. Uh, the blip happened, and <laughs> and Foggy went away, but then he came back five minutes later, and everything, or five years later, and blah blah blah. Like, do that. Like, I don't. It doesn't have to be deep. Yeah, no. I, but like, I, I was, understand. I was perfectly fine with that. I liked all the Netflix shows, and if they were continuing, I would finish watching them. All of them. I like most of the Netflix shows, <laughs> and if they were continuing, I would continue watching them. I was actually confident that if Iron Fist had a third season, it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. I Just because of how they ended it, I was like, okay, now let's the do this. The last two episodes were good and that's it. Okay, fine. Sorry. That's fine. You don't have to be sorry. <clears throat> Feige is moving on to other things. Or he's just adding, adding to his plate. Yeah, that's adding. Busy, busy man. Yeah. He's uh, going to do some Star Wars shit. Are the fanboys mad about that one? They're mad about everything. Is Lucas mad about that one? Because George Lucas was not feeling this new trilogy. <laughs> They're all mad. <laughs> I kind of get it, though. Like, you can't oversaturate Marvel because there's so many characters and so much 
to yeah. go through that I'm never going to get tired of. <laughs> it's like, as long as they keep bringing new characters, of which there are a never-ending amount of them. Yeah, like, give me a Squirrel Girl movie. Right, I'll I would eat love that shit a right Girl the- movie. Actually, Squirrel Girl should probably be like an ABC sitcom, to be honest, but I would still watch the fuck out of it. Watch Why the fuck Squirrel not? Girl take down Thanos. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> But, like, you know, that's the kind of shit you could get people on board with yeah, by yeah. building the character. But people like me are going to be in from the beginning. You were just like, take my money. Right, exactly. But Star Wars, it's it's exhausting how much stuff they're doing. And the thing is, is that, like, I think the only good spin-off... I honestly, I think out of the new shit that's happened, like, within the past few years is Rogue One, like, hands down. Like, nothing even comes close. In my opinion. And I understand that, like, part of that is because, like, you they, you could use the existing trilogy as, like, an anchor for it. Like, that's why that ending was so good. But, damn, everything else has not really been hitting. I, yeah. ain't even, I haven't even seen Solo yet. We gotta watch that on Netflix before we gotta start paying for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't watched it. <laughs> not watched And I don't, I kinda don't care that much. Nobody really says shit about it. And look, look, I love, yo, look. I fucking love Star Wars. I cannot count how many times I've watched that original trilogy. I can't even tell you how many times I've watched The Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace is bad. And I have lost count of how much times I've watched it. That is how much I love Star Wars. I don't think new Star Wars is bad. I love it. You mean like new new or like? Old new. No, new new. New new. I do not like the second trilogy. Oh, spicy takes. Why no, I'm it kidding. Spicy? It's not spicy at all. That's very oh, lukewarm okay. take and no one really liked it. Um, anyway. Yeah, like <laughs> all of the extended stuff is just... You think it's too much? I get why Star Wars purists are like, can you please leave us alone? That's fair. It's like when Assassin's Creed released a title every year and it got to the point where it was too much of a good thing. Yeah. And then it started getting bad. Now, Jordan, you got to milk that cow for all of its sweet lime green milk. I love all the people literally like putting their head in their hands that I don't think that that's descriptive of Marvel. But I do <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, Marvel's fine. They can literally put out a movie every month and I'll be at the theater. And that is 100% true. It's I mean, so true. And by the I mean, time Star Wars we're is dead, <laughs> that's what it'll be. Yeah. Like, the new Marvel movie is coming out this week. And then next week, the new Marvel movie is coming out this week. <laughs> well, I think the difference is that Star Wars is like this big family drama. And like, it's not... I mean, yeah, like the 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 source material is like rich enough for you to branch out in a million different ways. But it's not this... It's not like how... Marvel's comic universe is is totally different. So let me say that this is also how I feel about Jurassic Park. Oh, I don't give a fuck about these movies. Okay, well, you're wrong. Oh. The first trilogy, (laughs) it started at like the peak of cinema and then it was like the peak of popcorn cinema for the second movie and then the third movie was just bad. My dad um, loved that shit. He was like into like Jurassic Park, King Kong, all that. I never really got into Jurassic Park. I think it's because I didn't. I liked dinosaurs in theory as a child, but in practice, 
Jurassic Park remains one of my favorite movies ever. Wow. It is a masterpiece. And Jurassic World was really good. Was it a masterpiece? No. But it wasn't a bad movie. Fallen Kingdom was horrible. Wow. It is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my whole life, and it hurt to watch. Damn. I was upset watching that movie because it was so bad. I'm such a good co-host because I'm still giving you these affirmations. I have no idea what you're talking about. But then Uh there was the short film. There's there's a what? There is a short film that they just released in the advance of Jurassic World 3. Like a like a 20 minute? No, it's like seven or eight minutes. And it has famous people in it. There's a famous Negro in it. Jordan. Oh, no. What do, what does that mean? A famous Negro? What is their name? Uh, <laughs> oh, I have to look it up. Wow. He's someone that you know by looking at him, but you don't know who it is. Uh, so he's like by his name. Is he like barely black people famous? Is no, he's black people famous. It's called Battle at Big Rock. Okay. It's really good. It stars children because, of course, a Jurassic Park movie does. It's Andre Holland. Exactly. You don't know who he is by name. <laughs> I'm but gonna, as soon as wait, you see him, you're going to be like, no, oh, they that's have to him. Take, they have to take my black card away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell was he? Oh, he was in Moonlight? <laughs> yes! Yes! Wait, who did he's he... the love interest at the end of Moonlight. Oh, that's right. The chef who was like, I'm not gay. As but a I'll child. suck your dick. Yeah. No, no. Well, they kind of like, he was like, at the end of the movie, or when they we were having that conversation, he was like, well... Mm-hmm. He didn't say anything about not being gay. Really? No. I guess it, it he was, was so much... having a child. Right. Uh you're right. You're right. I you just put yep. your heteronormativity onto him. I Whew. I would say more so I put my monosexism over him. The point is anyway, that's bad. I'm so this I've ten bad. minute short oh, it's film ten minutes. is really good. Oh. I'm gonna insist that you watch it, actually. Oh. It is so good. Where do you watch it? On YouTube. They just released it. Oh. It's so good that I was shocked. Link in the show. And notes. I called my friend Mike. A uh, friend of the show from the uh, Red Dead Redemption episode. Uh, yip, yah, he, yeehaw, rip, roaring, good time, something. Uh, fuck, I don't remember it. It's we'll link that too. Yeah, anyway, we'll link it. He <laughs> and I were like, "Oh, is this the same team that did Fallen Kingdom?" Because we don't think so. It's oh. so good, and it essentially is like, yeah, dinosaurs are roaming the earth again, and humans are just dealing with it. Oh. Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, I'm happy for you. If if well, you like we it. We didn't even get to the reason why I put it in the show notes. Oh. The original cast from the original movie is going to star. Not cameo. Star. Like all the mold niggas? Like yes. yes. Jeff Goldblum? Yes. And everybody else? <sighs> <laughs> I hate you. We're moving on. Please talk about DC. Birds of Prey, the trailer is out. Harley Quinn is here to bash a man skulling. Mm. 
<laughs> she got the accent down. I didn't watch Suicide Squad, so I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, is this like a is this a like a hard reboot, a soft reboot? I don't understand anything that's ever going on in the DC universe. I don't understand either. But she goes, Mister J, so perfectly. I she love she was born to play the role. It's Good for her. It's uh, I, I watch this one. It looks like fun. It does look like fun, and that's why I'm concerned because <laughs> if the trailer <laughs> is all turn. the good parts, then what's in the rest of the movie? Other good parts, hopefully. Hopefully, when is a DC movie ever provided? Look, that? Hey, people loved Aquaman. People are loving Joker right now. They Some people Joker. love Justice League. <laughs> I just like Ezra Miller. He looked good in the flash suit. Okay. Joker uh, is the largest opening for an October movie ever. Oh, that's exciting. Especially since, you know. They have to send all the undercover police. Yeah, all the tickets are run up by cops. That's wild. <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder if that inflated the numbers at all. We didn't go see it. No, I was <laughs> I was working yeah, you this were weekend. Working. I, <laughs> That's another podcast right there. Unfortunately, because mm. he was working, we couldn't go see it. We had a whole little plan. We did. It got ruined. Sorry. For the next mm. episode, though, we'll definitely go see it. Will we? Yes. This job got me fucked up. Um, are you going to ever be ready to talk about Crisis on Infinite Earths? Nope. Hmm. I, I'm so fucking far behind. These seasons are like 20 episodes plus. We need to give the news to the people and you're the DC person. I'm just going to have to like, oh, you know what? Someone definitely had to have made super cuts of the seasons. You've already made this revelation. That is right. I did. I did. Yep. I did. I know. All right. You've already promised the viewers, the listeners, the listeners. You've already promised the folks. Some kind of um, recap, some kind of. I'm so sorry. Some thoughts, something. Because I would just trash it. it I just, would just say it's trash. I just feel like I'm not qualified without watching all of the shit. Like I would be like, okay, I watched this recap, and now I'm back in, and this is what I think. I don't. I just. It just feels wrong. It feels fake. Hmm. Fake DC fan. Fake gamer. Boy. I think you need to get it together because I certainly will not be doing the legwork on that. Fair. Uh, when I have, you know, four hours a day to just, you know, watch five different shows, I'll let you know. So tomorrow. Uh, No. (laughs) He thinks being a freelancer is easy. I'm just playing. Mm. What you can do is drop some music. Gamer friends, we have a special guest today. Ooh, so special. So special. We've never we've never had a music guest. I know you're I can feel you tingling. I'm just like vibrating over here. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Abfus, composer for Neocab. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) Oh, it's going great. It's amazing. And actually, when we're recording this, it's the day that Neocab is out on Switch and Steam Ooh. and Humble Ooh. and we are out on Apple Arcade like two weeks ago and also the soundtrack's out today so everything is happening today the today. day that we are recording this yeah wow. yeah yeah congratulations Wild. hey thanks 
I mean, that's a lot. Like, you're having a big it's day. launch day. Yeah, Actually, it's yeah. It just, I knew it was launch day, and it just dawned on me that you're recording Yo. this with us on your launch day. You should I, get a drink after know, this. I'm actually, I'm going to. And also, um, I, you know, it's funny is when we when we planned this out, I was like, oh yeah, that's a great day. Like, and in my head, it was like, oh, why does that day feel so good in my brain? And it's like, oh, because that's launch day. And it only dawned on me really like a couple days ago that I was like, oh, it's launch day, and we're also doing this. So it's like, it's kind of like kind of awesome on all levels oh wow. we didn't even get the interview started and it's already awesome i appreciate it dude it's awesome i love it i love it all well all right um i think i'd like to get started with you know it's funny i was gonna say how you got into doing music for games but i gotta ask first when like people have like gamer tags that we don't understand we're like what does the gamer tag mean what does your artist name mean oh damn uh so i came up with the name obfusk when I was like, uh, I, I wasn't always into electronic music. I should say that up front. It was one of those things that was kind of introduced to me. I guess I was in my early 20s. And my friend Jason was like, oh, you should really check this out. And he like turned me on to like Boards of Canada and like all these other kind of, I guess at the time, they were kind of these like down-tempo artists that were on, you know, either Warp Records or other labels. And and I liked all this stuff I was getting turned on to through him. And a lot of the guys, not Boards of Canada, but a lot of the, the people making music had like kind of like weird names. And so, of course, like then <laughs> at that time, it seemed like I was kind of like going in that direction. And I liked that vibe of this mysterious name. And so when I happened upon the idea of like obfusk, as in to obfuscate, it kind of felt like this this idea that was like versatile and uh, mm-hmm. malleable and it could be it didn't have to necessarily be like one thing or another thing i mean obviously the name would be the name and that would stick with me for as long as i made this stuff but it it also just kind of felt like in my head this idea of like um well i can kind of make it what i want and it's this thing that's like you know to conceal or make hidden i suppose you could kind of draw from that whatever you think yeah <laughs> but that's that's kind of the origin story and like i mean i literally sat there with like you know like a like a notepad window open and just like banging out ideas of like, and, and you know, then you, you pick like, you know, a few of them that you like, and then you go from this one, and then something sticks. And the next thing you know, make you make a little EP and it's got that name on it. And then that's your artist name. And that's what my artist name has been since about, I think 2005. So, which is crazy. It's been oh, 14 wow. years. I've been using this name. Yeah. Well, it definitely fits the vibe. I gotta say. That's awesome. That's I, maybe <laughs> finally, maybe, maybe it never did before now, but I feel like, I feel like now I'm like, yeah, this, this makes sense. This is like a, this is a good artist name. Maybe I should stick with it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Only took 14 years. Yeah. It took me 14 years to finally feel comfortable with the decision I had made. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you get mixed up in, uh, pun intended, doing both the music and the sound uh, for NeoCap? That's a, yeah, that's a long story, but a, a one I'm willing to tell in its entirety, which will take four hours. Not, no, I'm joking. But the, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I say this in the, like the loosest sense possible, but I mean, I was on the Monument Valley soundtrack and um, that was obviously something that, well, nobody, myself or, you know, the developer or anybody saw coming, like in terms of its actual, like, you know, kind of totality and, and mm. scale that eventually happened. But I basically got wrapped up in that. Like Ken Wong had emailed me, who was like, you know, the, the lead of the game. He emailed me and asked if, um, you know, if they could use one of my songs uh, for one of their trailers for promotional purposes. And at the time it was just like, hey, we're making this game. We're a small studio in London and we're making this game. It's like, you know, inspired by MC Escher and, um, you know, the, the kind of concept of forgiveness and all these other things. And I was like, 
that sounds cool and the graphics look great. And uh, yeah, let's go for it. So basically it kind of all started there. That was like kind of the genesis of how I got into video games. Like I've always been into video games forever, but in terms of how I got led to Neocab was basically through Monument Valley completely blowing up my songs being loosely associated Mm -hmm. with it, even though they weren't in game for the soundtrack, like they were used in all the, you know, all the marketing and kind of promotional stuff. And like whenever anybody made any documentaries, they'd always just kind of like, Hey, can we use your song? It's like, you know, associated with game. Yeah, sure. Totally. That's awesome. And then eventually it got picked up for like a TV show house of cards, which was, you know, also kind of a little tricky now with the whole Kevin Spacey thing. But, uh, at Oof. the time it was yeah, super amazing, but, uh, <laughs> and also <laughs> it's tricky, <laughs> but, um, but basically they kind of boosted awareness of like my music I'd made. Mm-hmm. And this was eventually like, um, Patrick Ewing, who's like the the game lead on NeoCab, he ran this um, this radio show on San Francisco radio station BFF.FM, which does like, you know, streaming service. But I also think, you know, they're over the airwaves out there, too. And he would like always play, you know, kind of like down tempo, like chill out, like, you know, like productivity music, if you will. Like, you know, mm. just kind of like instrumental stuff. That's like stuff word. To- <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yeah, it, it totally like it kind of fit that vibe. So. I um I saw the Campo Santo team. He was working on Firewatch at the time, and I saw the Campo Santo team retweet one of his tweets that was saying something to the effect of, "Hey, go check out Warm Focus. Patrick Ewing on our team like does this every week." And blah blah blah. And as a musician, you kind of just have this like you know inner voice that's always like, "Oh, hey, I think they tweeted at me one time saying they were playing my music on their little show." And so then once I, <laughs> you know that you know the vibe well. So I know like it I well. reached out to Patrick, just kind of like a one off like. Hey, thanks for your support. And also I love, I can't wait for Firewatch. Cause it was like at the time, genuinely one of the games that I was like beyond all just like so looking forward to. And I don't know if you guys are fans of Firewatch, but like I would, I'm, I'm, I still am a huge fan of Firewatch. It's like, you know, one of my, probably one of my favorite games ever. So I kind of became Twitter friends with Patrick. And as time went on, Firewatch came out, it became this huge thing. I completely loved it just like everyone else should. And then, <laughs> um, and then at some point, he just made some kind of um, cryptic tweet at me that said, we should really discuss what I'm working on next. Hashtag video games. And of course, in my head, I was like already jumping there. I was like, this guy is making a game. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. It's going to, he's going to want me to do the soundtrack for it. And, uh, and it kind of all came from that original, like, you know, energy off the, you know, Monument Valley thing. Cause it's like, it raised awareness enough that he's heard my music and then played on his little radio show a few times. And then, Next thing you know, we're kind of wrapped up and we just started talking and it's basically just, that's how it all started. It just like, I got involved with them in, in a couple of weeks, it'll be about three years now that we've been kind of all in this mix together. And, um, and it wow. was, I mean, I got involved pretty early on. Um, I don't know exactly when the idea got started between Patrick and, um, you know, the writers and just kind of just getting all the things kind of together. But when I slipped into the fold, it was basically like I had a couple of visuals from uh, Vincent Perea, who was the um, creative director. And um, I just had like some visual concepts to work with mm-hmm. and an overall like synopsis of like basically you're this, you know, one of the last human drivers in this, you know, city just racked by automation and surveillance and, and all these kind of like near future tech dystopian vibes. And I was like, OK, I totally see where this is going. And between that and the concept art, it was like I was all in. From moment one, it was just like, we didn't talk. And this is probably one of those situations where I don't know how people talk about this stuff, but like, I've never cared about the money of projects or like the, it's just, it was pure passion from day one, if that makes sense. So, so yeah. And that's, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's everything. I mean, 
you know yeah, it, man. I know the, you know it. And that's the thing. Like podcast, I, so. <laughs> I kind of feel like I mean, you know, every like pretty much everyone I know, you know, it's like we do we do these creative projects, and no matter how big they get in the relative sense of things, like you still have things, like you still have obligations. So you're still like, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing your like daytime hustle and you're like, you know, whatever that is. But then also like when it comes to like, you know, music and stuff, like, I mean, that's like, sorry, I'm kind of, now I'm rambling off again. <laughs> but So we're actually really good about bearing the lead on Gamer <laughs> Friends. And we've gotten well into this conversation and no one has said what new cab is. I'm also, ex- I'm an expert at rambling. So I think between the so- three of us, we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> it's a great fuck, combination made in heaven. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would be curious from your perspective, what exactly for someone who has no idea, maybe hasn't even signed up that's, for Apple yeah, Arcade, that's a good what question. is so, Neocab? Neocab is a near future dystopian narrative fiction game. And so the, the loose premise, the kind of high level premise is the protagonist is Lena Romero. Um, she's a neocab driver, and neocab is the human driver equivalent to the kind of like monolithic corporate entity of driverless cars owned by Capra, which is kind of this like mega corporation that like you know is just the be all end all, the kind of like you know the Uber of the future, so to speak. You know, all headed in the way of like you know like driverless automobiles. Right. And so neocab is like the human centric equivalent of that basically so so she's moving to a new town los ojos which is in southern california right on the border of uh, a fictitious california and you know mexico border and um she's moving to a town she has never been to to link up with a friend of hers that she was best friends with but that had a falling out with savvy and so the game itself is based on that premise of moving to a new town basically driving to survive making the decisions of like, you know, how you're going to talk to people, how you're going to connect with people and all the while keeping awareness of your emotional well-being. Yeah. And so in the game, you have this, um, this wristband called the field grid and it's basically like a mood ring for your wrist and it kind of monitors your, your moods and your emotions. And so therefore in a society where a lot of people are wearing them, of course, we would always have awareness of like how other people are feeling. And it's a really when you think of it in that context, like it's very, it's very black mirror. Like it's, it's definitely like you're looking at each other to gauge, (laughs) Oh, if I see you and you show up with red and you're angry, like, obviously I'm going to, I'm going to respond to that differently. And if I see you and you show up with green on your wrist, you're going to be like, I'm going to approach you like maybe like, Oh, this person's happy and they're feeling good. So like, I'm going to approach them differently. So, um, so the game is all about basically juggling your own emotions with your actual, economic needs which are like making money and being nice to people and driving them around (laughs) and also like all the while unraveling this mystery of like what happened to your friend who pretty much you know no spoilers but pretty much like instantly flakes out on you within like the first five minutes of the game like it just you realize this is not the most reliable person to move to a new city to be with essentially yeah, no, you like, I kind of got that in the first yeah, conversation. I was like, it's oh. tricky. Like, yeah. You know, and it's <laughs> tricky and because, happens. like, I mean, you, like, if any, if you've moved, and obviously, just from my background of knowing you guys, I mean, you're not from where you live now. So, like, and I had the same situation. Like, when you move to a new city, if you don't know a lot of people, like, then obviously you're kind of like looking to strangers to kind of, you know, fill that social need. And when you start to rely on these strangers, then mm. you start to realize like, oh, maybe I put a little bit too much faith in this person. Like I know nothing about, and maybe I made a mistake and that's all part of the whole like living and learning thing. But, but that's something you definitely get kind of smacked in the face with. I feel like 
from my own experience of playing the game, I feel like right off the bat, you're like, oh, shit. But so basically the whole game is pretty much centered around that idea of like surviving, you know, keeping tabs on your emotional like well-being all the while, like avoiding, you know, the algorithm from you know firing you, which is basically the, the reality that, you know, gig drivers face every day, even now, let alone 40 years in the future. Right. Yeah. It's funny that you say the Black Mirror thing because the very beginning of the game, I was just like, oh, you're just, <laughs> you're just cab driver and it's going to be a fun game about driving a cab and <laughs> having some conversations with your people. And that's what it is. I, I kind of went into it not knowing anything. Um, oh, interesting. And not knowing what to expect at all. Oh. Um, I didn't know that. I feel like, because I've been like following the game for a minute and I was like, ooh, this is, <laughs> is going to be good. They're going to say some shit in here, and I'm ready for it. But that's I so wasn't ready for it, and then immediately I'm saying some shit. I was like, oh, homegirl's down, homegirl's comrade over here talking about this mega corporation fucking people over, and the guy in the backseat's mad about yeah. it. Fuck him. I don't care. Uh-huh. I'm going to talk my shit. No, Liam. I love Liam. Yeah, I guess he might come back. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Liam, Liam has, like, a decent energy about him, but also, like, I have the same reaction. Like, right off the bat, I'm like, all right, like, let's get into this. But then at the same time, it's like, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I understand, though, too. Like, I mean, if my survival is based on my responses and also, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I mean, I worked a customer service job, like, plenty of time, like, for plenty of years. And, like, oh, you yes. know, I don't anymore. Like, you know, fucking thank, you know think whatever you know think universe man like think the nameless energy um but but basically like yeah you know you can't just like come at people you have to like keep it cool and you have to just make some small talk but like you already it's like you start to realize like the i have to only imagine the challenge that like anyone in a situation like uber drivers lyft drivers anyone else in a similar situation where basically you could wake up the next morning and if like you know if you have a rough like you know a rough ride the night before and you maybe like go off on like something that's, that's even minuscule. Like, you know, all she's talking about is like, basically like, Oh, this big, you know, gleaming eyesore of a mega corporations, like headquarters in the middle of this new city. Like, and also she had personal experience with it. I mean, they, they candor basically like, you know, so, so yeah, of course she's going to have some feelings about right. it and that's really hard to bottle up unless you're basically someone who can really heavily compartmentalize your emotions. So I think everybody can kind of relate to that idea and and therefore too it, it really does like yeah. to me it really does make for um for an interesting context of empathy. Mm. I'm the guy who made the music, but at the same time it's um every time I played the game like you know through test builds and anything else it's like I was already close enough to it that I shouldn't have like a, like a like a strong emotional reaction to it because I should be close enough to it that but every time I played the game I was like I immediately felt this empathy where I was like man like this is hard and this is heavy and this is real. And I don't know, like, I feel like a lot of people have like already picked up on that. And a lot of people have already connected with that idea. Some people are not going to, a lot of people have, and that's, what's like really, really, really cool about it. It really speaks to like the strength of the writing and also the strength of the concept and also the strength of like the kind of the unspoken kind of like underlying narrative, which if you're savvy, savvy, no pun intended, because one of the characters name savvy with it, with one V instead of two. But like, if you're savvy enough with two V's, then like (laughs) you're going to like, you're going to feel this stuff and you're going to catch it. And those are probably, in my opinion, the people who like, those are the people who are going to get the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like I, I've been playing it all day or for a few days, a couple days now. 
Um, because I got, nice. I got it on Apple Arcade, and I I just like can't cool. I can't put it down. It's like that's awesome. It it's very much to me a game about like emotional intelligence. Yes. in a way that we haven't like seen before, and even like like the feel grid, like on on its face, you're like, oh, this is like a very like simple sort of like interface to like how you're like dealing with emotions, but it's also like I love the mechanic of just like if you're like feeling one emotion, whether it be like good or bad, it will like take dialogue options away. Um, you might think the whole time you're like pissing someone off in the car and they just have like a mean mug the whole time and they end up giving <laughs> you five stars still. Um, it's just really great. And like, I don't know, especially just like thinking about all the like bullshit that's going on with like Uber and Lyft right now. Yes, yes. It's like, I don't know, it's just dope. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll be like real as fuck. I mean, the, the, um, the, the, the cool thing, I mean, like since being involved in this, like, you know, like I said, like almost like three years now, but, um, but like even coming this far, like, I feel like there's almost like been this kind of, and I'm totally, maybe I'm speaking out of school. I'm not sure. But, um, but I feel like there's almost been this like, kind of like this consciousness, even the way like the team sees the game and the way it's kind of developed, it's almost like we became self-aware of the underlying mm. um, tale that is being told and also the underlying experience that the player will have in terms of kind of empathy building and also awareness of like another situation. And, you know, for me personally playing the game, like I became aware of, well, these are, there are times even in like personal life where you, you talk with someone and you realize like, I had the situation all wrong. Like I'll talk to somebody and I'll, I'll get a read on it. But then like later on, like you'll hear from someone else, maybe like, Oh yeah, that person, like, Oh yeah. They like really like talking with you about this. And they're like, I didn't get that feeling at all. Like, I mean, you know, like just based on facial expressions or anything. And like, we're going to miss, like, we're going to miss things because we, you know, maybe we got distracted by something else. But like in those moments, like you really do think, oh, I'm messing this up or like something like that. But then it could just be that maybe somebody's just a little bit more withdrawn or somebody has something else going on. And maybe just like those simple, like conversational cues, like make them comforted, not like not so Mm -hmm. alone or anything else. And, and, and there is really, really, there's, um, there's a, there's a strong feel I get from those moments just in real life and also in the game, but then just in general, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I have not gotten into it uh, nearly as far as Cedric has. Um, but even in the first few cab rides, it was very clear what my experience was going to be like. And it was very um, interesting. Like, it entices me to want to know more about not just what's going to happen, but also the underlying lore of the game and the world building that you're doing in the background. You could tell from the very beginning that something was, you know, creeping under the surface. And I attribute a lot of that, frankly, to the score and what's happening during the first car ride and and the subsequent car rides um, where it's, it's building um, and it's kind of giving you some of the feeling of tension that I think you're meant to feel in some of those conversations when you're first talking to your friend, you get to the city and you realize that she's about to go out and <laughs> she does not <laughs> care that she just showed up. And the music that's playing kind of helped me uh, empathize even more, I think. And I have to give kudos because I've been playing it largely on the subway. And the subway can be a very distracting place. And I really, Mm. really think that the music is what helped 
keep me grounded in the game. Um, and, you know, beyond just the dialogue and beyond what was happening on the screen, it just set the mood and it kept the mood really well. And so I just have to say kudos to you for all the work that you've put in. Wow. And I can't wait to hear what the rest of it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's awesome. No, that's really nice. The The soundtrack is definitely like, and not to, not to sound too millennial, but it is a whole <laughs> vibe. <laughs> that's hey, no, that's good. I mean, that's that's what that's what that's what I want. I yeah, mean, you know, and I mean, <laughs> the the one thing I'll say too, I mean, just in the context of like you know what you were saying there, yeah, I think too. I mean, you know, I had I had a good decade plus riding that subway, and there are a few places I love more like listening to music than like in the subway or walking down the sidewalk. Like even now, like I mean, I kind of miss being in that like day to day like subway life. Mm. In the same way, like when you're driving and music kind of takes like a like a different shape, I guess than it than it would like in any Absolutely. other context. Yeah, yeah, like when you're on the subway and you just have like all this movement and like background static, and uh, you know, obviously also always the opportunity to be like sold a candy bar or or have somebody mm-hmm. like break dance at you, um, <laughs> but like <laughs> aggressively. <laughs> yeah, showtime, showtime. I love it. Um, yeah, but like I. Um, I think too, like, you know, in making the music, I mean, I should say like the the process of making the music, I mean, it was basically like very just vibe by vibe. It wasn't, you know, like, oh, I'm going to make this thing for this. I mean, there are cert- definitely certain instances where it was requested like, okay, we need this, we need this. You know? And so therefore like that kind of led the general framing of making something. Mm-hmm. But then by and large, like it was just kind of like, okay, sit down. Like, and, and even like the creative process for those nights, like, I mean, I mean, I'm sure every musician has a different way of working it, but like I approached making the music for the game, like very differently than I had anything else previously, where I would basically pretty much start work at like, let's say eight o'clock my time. I would just sit down. And like, if I didn't like lock into a groove within 10, 15 minutes, I'd scrap it. And like, I would just basically go off, like either play a video game, like watch something, you know, talk with my lady, like just hang out, like do something else. Like I wouldn't get like obsessed that I couldn't like break through that, like that little creative moment. Mm. But like, it was just like that ritual, like ritualistic kind of sit down, make something. And so like, it all started with um, these like little drafts of just nighttime vibes basically. And so a big part of it for me was like when making the music, cause I was making it at night, it seems so perfectly fitted for the game because it was like, it's a night game. And also like a lot of creative folks I'm most active at night creatively. And so therefore it kind of seemed like this natural pairing, a game about nighttime, a game about driving, these are things that like already, like whenever I made something in the past, it was always like someone would be like, Oh, that music would be great to like drive at night to. I was like, (laughs) what a, like, what a, like what a prophecy because like, basically that's pretty much what I'm doing with this entire game is like making music for people to drive at night to. And so, um, so in terms of like the actual like mood and the flow of the music within the game, we pretty much like Patrick and I like early on. And again, Patrick was like, you know, He's the lead on the whole game. He's like, you know, the the best dude ever, I'd say. And um, very early on in the game, it was very much like, we're going to make this kind of this playlist-driven concept of how about, you know, like, how do you, do you feel comfortable with me, like, you know, choosing certain songs that work with certain things? And I was like, absolutely. Like, you know, because, I mean, he had, he had run, like, a very cool, amazing radio show, in my opinion, for so long that I was like, I trust your judgment. I would make the music. He would pick where it went. And then basically that was, that was how that all came to be. So, I mean, all kudos to, to Patrick in terms of like, you know, kind of setting those moods. I just made the music. He, he found places where they, where they fit. And then, um, I never disagreed. I always thought he picked really good spots. 
he has a great ear for it. And, you know, when something works organically, like it's almost right. like, don't, don't stick your finger in the spokes, man. Just like, just like continue to accept the fact that like, this is working so good and just be fortunate to like witness it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's, uh, thank you for sharing that part of the creative process. I think a lot of times when, or like, you know, even before I really started understanding like how, you know, the, the sausage gets made, you think you hear like composer and, you know, it's like this process is completely 100% separate from everything else. Or even just from like, like you're disconnected from art direction and from marketing mm. and from this and that. And, you know, I, I found that that process becoming, is becoming a lot more collaborative. And I think it's especially true for indie games. Yeah. Uh, so it was just like nice to, to hear that. Yeah. When, when I first started making the music, it was, like I said, it was like so early on, it was just kind of based on some like, you know, some concept art and like the, the general synopsis. Like um, Patrick has mentioned a number of times that it kind of created this like feedback loop where based on the original mm. concept art, I started making music. And then just because the nature of making music in that bubble, like that vacuum, like I would make these songs, they'd be drafts, but they would be, you know, somewhat fleshed out. And right. I would just post them. You know, we all work collaboratively in Slack. So I would post stuff every night or every couple nights, just like, Hey, here's a new one. Here's a new one. Here's a title. Here's a new one. And just like all these ideas. And so even when I was making the songs, I would like title them. I kind of had like in my own head, this like titling system, like all the track titles are like, they're two words and all the track titles are like, you know, kind of like within this like little system that I built that like, I never really explained to anybody, but to me, it kind of like, you know, it made sense. And I had like this Evernote document that I would like kind of work within different themes and so on and so forth. Hmm. But when I would post stuff, apparently, and this was something I learned as time went on, the writers were using the music to create inspiration for writing the stories. And then that would inspire me to kind of, in my head, create another spot in the city that like, of course, it may not you know manifest visually, but like, in my own process, like I would think, okay, this is like, this is out, you know, in this far flung industrial neighborhood. And of course, like, Again, as a previous New Yorker, like I framed things in a certain way where I would think like, oh, this is out in Red Hook. This is out by like, you know, mm. the shipping, like the shipping docks and like the cranes are overhead and they're these shadows. And so like it would kind of create these like visuals that then would dictate, you know, title and tone of the song. I'd post that and like I would just basically create this feedback loop internally, like where basically the visuals inspired me, the music supposedly inspired the writers the writers then inspired me and it just became this like this feedback loop and then that's basically how we all kind of worked without even ever really like establishing a way to work it just kind of right just happened. happened wow yeah that's that's dope a very positive feedback loop everything about this experience <laughs> has been totally positive I, i'll say that without like any sort of like gloss or sheen or like you know bullshit varnish like it's it's really unbelievable and i don't know um, just, you know, having worked with like so many random folks on so many different projects. I mean, as a, you know, in my profession, I'm a graphic designer and I have been for a long time. Um, you know, good folks are hard to come by, you know, plenty of nice folks, but in terms of, but in terms of like, in terms of how you get along with people and like, and really like, at, I'm like a deep, deep, deep level. Like, I don't, I don't know if I will ever work with a group that is like, as just like organically, inclusive supportive loving mm. like all this stuff like and i don't i don't know i again i have to think this comes back to patrick and kind of maybe the the people he organically has a network with because i mean 
you know, like a lot of his like kind of like friends were in this early on and they kind of maybe involved other people that they knew and, or, you know, previous coworkers from like, you know, his previous gigs or whatnot. But like, all I know is like everybody just came together really organically. And that's not something in my experience that happens like very easily. Right. Um, You know, you ain't got to tell me. You know, yeah, everybody knows, right? (laughs) No, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome to hear just because like, and you know, I, I feel like sometimes creative fields can be a little toxic. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's very, very much, you know, very much the case. Yeah, I, I mean, think so. Creativity can sometimes lead to toxicity <laughs> in the gaming world. Oh, oh no. Wow. <laughs> what? But that's the thing too, in this whole world of like, the cool thing too is like, I, I, you know, I won't speak to specific, you know, parties, but like, I know like there are some people who are more familiar with the gaming world who are in the mix. I know there are people who are less familiar with it. And also like, I mean, you know, I, I kind of put myself in the middle. Like, I mean, I play games, but I'm also like, not like some like games industry veteran or anything by any stretch. Like I, I am not a games industry person. I'm a person who is a graphic designer who makes music and when it gets dark and and um <laughs> and, we can relate but, but that yeah you know the drill so like um but that's the cool thing too is like i almost think like because of that we all just kind of a lot i think i think we just approach this in a really like healthy and organic way that like you know you can't you can't fake it it's just like it comes together or it doesn't and it's just really amazing to me like you know after all this time has passed that like like I think we're all still smiling about it and we're all like, I, I don't know. Like I actually, I haven't met most of these people in real life. That's the other thing too. Like I've only <laughs> met two people, two people. Patrick is not included in this. I've met Vincent, who's the art director. I've met um, Andrew, who is one of the programmers on the project. I met them when I was out in LA, like, you know, last fall. But like, I'm, I've, I'm meeting all these people next week when we like have a launch party for this out in San Francisco. Like I've not met like 90% of the team. So this is like, we are all spread around the world and I, I don't know who's all making it out there, but all I know is like, I'm probably going to start crying on people because like, it really <laughs> is like, we've all been in this, we're kittens in a bathtub, man. Like we've all like, we've come through this and like, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll say it. Like, I, I love these people. Like, I think there's really like, definitely like a strong game family vibe coming off this and you know, I can't say how fortunate, you know, I feel like for just even being in some like, you know, again, I made the music for a game, but like, we're talking like, when, you know, when you make a game, there's visuals, like art direction, there's obviously the UI, like all these, all these people came together and the programming, all the programming that goes into a game, it's a miracle that a game even gets finished, let alone like ends up (laughs) on multiple platforms. This is all like, these are all challenges that have just been overcome by this, like this amazing determination of people other than myself. I just made the music and like they put it in the game and like, you know, and I totally am amazed and awestruck to even be in any way, shape or form connected to this project. It's so nice to hear a positive story about game development (laughs) because so (laughs) frequently, especially in the last like year and a half, as people start unionization pushes and things like that, the intensity is just ratcheting up and it seems like the negativity is also ratcheting up and there seems to be so much conflict going on. And so just to hear a completely positive, radiant story that, you know, I totally buy and don't think is in any way bullshit because the game is so wonderful and is 
totally reflective of everything you're saying. Um, I just, you know, it's it's very nice to hear. And it's well, it's it also puts into perspective for me, you know, Bungie just launched Destiny 2 Shadowkeep uh, on Tuesday. And the first few hours of the East Coast people getting home rush was a total shit show. They had to pull the servers <laughs> offline and uh. the community was freaking out. They were losing their minds. And I just think about what you're saying and how difficult it was to make Neocab. I can only imagine how much in in orders of magnitude it is to produce and release a AAA title and mm. people are just not in any way lenient or, um, you know graceful about how <laughs> those situations can get fucked up and you never hear these kinds of glowing stories coming out of those studios so well, that, and that, i can only imagine. that should probably that should also probably tie back i mean in my personal experience like this is the difference of like an indie title versus like a corporation making a game and the thing is i mean granted at the end of the day any game that gets made the investors want to make their money back on it. But when you have a corporation that's basically there and only existing to extract profit from a product, like you're not going to think about like the people's best interests. Like you're not thinking about the labor that goes into it. You're not thinking about the workers. So when you hear all these, and again, I'm not a games industry person, but when I read these stories about like unionization, all I can think of is fuck yes, because these companies are exploiting labor and and this is all under the you know the umbrella of we're making a fun game that people are going to have fun playing but like when you hear these stories of of labor being exploited to the tune of 70 80 hours a week and shifting deadlines and you know changing things last minute and people just like completely losing their minds nervous breakdowns and then not to mention too like just the the toxicity of of you know being a female in this industry and so many so on and so forth um then you think of like, I think of my own personal experience in working with this team and granted we're a very small team. You know, I'm sure, you know, there are money matters like that. We're always a part of this whole conversation, like, you mm -hmm. know, that we're in the background and, you know, concerns and stresses and that so on and so forth. But there wasn't this idea automatically that like, we need to hit our, our, you know, X million target or the shareholders are going to get pissed like so yeah. i feel like as a result there's that much more of like a human approach to actually making it and it was therefore that much more sustainable like granted again like you know i wouldn't say there there were times where i felt like you know kind of under the gun to produce something but then it always worked out okay and also everyone on the team was so understanding because we're all humans and we all have you know the time that we're we're given and the kind of creativity that we have individually and you know collectively and um we always made it work and you know people get stressed but then also that's where you have like these people who like genuinely cared about each other and even the times like where i would just like randomly get stressed or anxious about something to have somebody like a patrick or like anybody else on the team like to just like be able to vent to and say like oh i'm feeling like this and then to have that person actually care about you and not just be like well fucking buck up because we gotta get this shit done it was it was never that it was always just like well, don't don't sweat it take a breather let's hit this like another day like when you've got a little bit more time because you know we're all like you know i'm sure i'm sure i'm not the only one who had like you know multiple things going on multiple irons in the fire so to speak where there were some days where you know i couldn't get to something for like a week maybe 
And then when I finally did, it would then maybe I get a little bit more stressed out as a human being, like maybe we all do sometimes because I didn't hit like right into that like creative vibe I was hoping for. And maybe mm-hmm. I'd get frustrated and then I would just express out like, oh shit, like I'm, you know, like kind of up against the wall here. <laughs> like I'm not doing, I'm not like producing anything I like. And then to have somebody who actually was like a stakeholder in the thing, just say like, don't sweat it, dude, we'll get this. Don't worry about it. So, so to have somebody say that it's like, it just, that again, it was, you know, just a positive experience mm-hmm. because we actually cared about each other. And and, you know, I felt cared for, <laughs> you know, that sounds really driven, but I felt cared for. And I felt like I, again, I coming back to like, just like this, this emotionally supportive vibe that like, I don't, I don't feel like I've experienced that in a lot of other, like, you know, kind of career or professional scenarios. And so this just like made it that much more of like, okay, this is something I need to strive for is like working with people who genuinely like, you know, care about each other and care about the product and care about you know, or feeding off that collective enthusiasm and energy. And it isn't just about like hitting a certain number or hitting a certain, you know, kind of like uh, metric or something to that effect. Like there's, there's always like at its core is always human and always, uh, and therefore that much more reason that the, the kind of tagline stay human really applied to pretty much every <laughs> element of this game, man. It was like, it was like, there it is. This, yeah. There it is right there. Just like stay human, you know, and it's real. It's like, that's, that's what we should all strive for is like to not get lost in this like corporate robotic of just hitting metrics and like, you know, constantly being, you know, judged against, you know, analytics and, um, and a fucking algorithm, you know, again, just the guy who made the music for the game. But like, I really do feel like those themes resonate with me on such a level. And also it just, you know, working on this just like made it that much more whenever I did use a rideshare service mm. i would always think like check in on the emotional well-being of the person driving me because like that's a heavy job and not only are you on the road like a ton but then also like you are like in my experience of like riding with uber or lyft or anything like that when again the conversations with people like you can tell they're kind of feeling you out like trying to get a sense like the you know the, the better drivers are are trying to feel you out to see what your emotional state is. So then they know how far they can talk and like, you know, or, or go with their conversations. And therefore, like, I kind of felt like it's also my duty to like meet them halfway and then kind of connect. And then that way, maybe I'm like that one ride, like, you know, kind of coming back to Neocad, like maybe I'm that <laughs> one ride who like, you know, makes you as a driver feel that much more comfortable and that much more in your own skin. And like, you know, like you are a human driving a human and I care about you and you care about me. And even if we're just passing momentarily on this sphere, like we will both like, you know, we will continue on with our day, but at least we had like a little positive vibe for like, you know, half hour or something. And so I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I learned something from being this close to something like this, if that makes sense. Yeah. Holy shit. Damn. Fuck. I mean, no, like it's great. The interview got very meta, very quickly. Duh. And you connected Fuck. so many dots. <laughs> That I was saying like capitalism is bad. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying it extracts our humanity? (laughs) I mean, I and well, this is this is also. I mean, you know, this is all. This is just me talking. But like, yeah, you absolutely like. I I I feel, I feel increasingly more human in the face of this like this kind of like this tech dystopia that we are all headed towards. Like we're all rolling towards it somewhat willingly. And, 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 and even like, you know, we're, we're just allowing ourselves to go in this direction. And 
And it's really tricky because I kind of feel like I don't, I don't, I, oh man, how do I even put this without sounding like a fucking crackpot? Um, like I'm, it's, I won't <laughs> go for it. I'm sure we've had worse. No, but I was going to say, like, I mean, I think there's like a certain inevitability. Like you only have so much control as a human being in terms of like where society is going. Right. Um, but I just feel like it just makes me that much more willing to connect with other people. Um, you know, wherever you're coming from, like if, like if you're a stranger or whatever and, 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 you know, like granted, like this game is about this like tech dystopia. I also think there's like this, this humanity that's there and obviously, yeah, stay human. Like, like, yeah, stay human. Like don't fucking lose that. Like keep that. And always just like, never forget that. Like we, like, these are the moments, like when we're talking to each other, like I'm talking with you two and like, these, these moments are special. Like, I don't know you too, but I appreciate that we're all talking about this idea. And like, maybe we'll come away from this and we'll feel like, yeah, like that's, that's an idea. Like maybe tomorrow I'm going to talk to some stranger and I'm going to be like, just like a little bit more like comfortable with approaching them and just being kind of like, like straight up and like, how are you? <laughs> like, just be human. That's, that's, that's my fucking takeaway from this whole experience is like, I feel more empowered to be a fucking human in the face of this insane, like bleak capitalist hellscape that we are allowing ourselves to fabricate. Like we're just, yeah, we're just in this man. Like, but let's like, let's fucking, yeah, I, I say flip it on its head. Let's, let's be even more human. Let's care even more. Let's like, let's, let's, um, let's hate, you know, let's hate the exploitation of workers that much more. Let's like go against this and let's actually give a fuck about each other. I, I gotta say, uh, I love how you you kept you kept saying, "Oh, I just wrote the music. Oh, I just wrote the music. I just wrote the music." <laughs> Clearly, there's something else there, and I think that also speaks to why the soundtrack was so good. Fuck, thank you. That's awesome. That's I. I mean, I've been waiting for people to hear this for so long. So, like, the fact that you got to hear it and, like, you know, actually, like, hear it and like it—that's really cool. That means so much to me. That's so cool. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, and this has been uh, fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and to walk us through this uh, and to share your journey. No, oh, thank you for having me. And I hope I hope I like I hope like what I said actually makes sense in the context of the game, and also like just shows like how much I loved working on because I, I really did. And it's just like it's a part of me at this point in terms of making that music, having it in the game, but also just like the people who worked on it, like, just like, I love them. I love the whole thing. And I love that, like, you know, I now get to fr talk freely about it. And especially now that we're no longer under some crazy ass, you know, uh, you know, NDA that like, we couldn't even talk about when it was going to get released on Apple Arcade or anything like that. Um... Like, I'm glad we're out from underneath that. <laughs> and we can actually like talk about this freely and the game's out and people can play it. And then they can like kind of see what we've been working on for all this time. Yeah. Well, for everyone listening, if you haven't subscribed to Apple Arcade, you can get the first month free. You can also check it out on Switch. You can check it out on Steam. And thank you very much again. Ab Fusk. That's the way right there. Thank you, sir. <laughs> 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 Seamless. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think that was a show. It was indeed a show. Please go check out our friend Obfusk. Yes. We'll link to his Bandcamp where you can get the original soundtrack. Purchase it straight from the artist. I love it. Don't stream it on Spotify. You can't anyway. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Y'all should play Neocab, obviously. You definitely should. I finished it literally yesterday. I literally finished it like a couple hours ago. I cannot recommend it enough. I think we should do a long form. Like, I just want to sit down and talk about the whole thing. Like, let's talk about capitalism. So it's deep. It's so layered. Fascism. And like so layered, just talking about the music. And there's so much more to talk about. Like, oh, that's spoiler. We're gonna bleep that. We're gonna (laughs) we're gonna bleep that shit. We're gonna bleep it. You should definitely check it out, though. And if you enjoyed the interview, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and a review. Yeah, please. like, like you know, the cabs. It's the same thing. I hope it's not that. Well. Like that. It, I mean, it kind of is. Please Deep, also right? tell a gamer meta. friend. Also tell a gamer friend. Multiple ones. Multiple gamer friends. And join the Discord. Oh, right. And join the Discord. Links. So many links. Oh, my God. So many links. It's wild. Well, I hope you have a great uh, two weeks. We'll see you soon. Yes. In two weeks. Sooner than that. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Because of this thing that's going to happen. Mm. This roundtable. This panel discussion. Gamer friend. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Deuces. Bye. I'll let you take the lead. All right. Um, oh, and it's, I want to make sure I, <laughs> he's like the pronunciation. Yeah, I'm, a, you know. I'm the fuck, I'm the asshole who made my name hard to pronounce. Yeah, it's Obfusk. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It's like 50-50. It's like either people will say like, oh, Obfusk, or they say Obfusk, and like they like, they like raise their, like it like raises <laughs> up at the end, and I'm like, I'm like, oh man, like I fucked up here. I'm super glad you said it, because I've been saying Obscuff all week. <laughs> oh God. <laughs>